Welcome, everyone. I think this is a Nick Cage podcast. Mm, I've heard rumors. I've heard rumors. <laughs> I... Legends were told in ages of the past. <laughs> I listened to a podcast with Coco Kane and Saint. Um, they wow. had a couple episodes. Wow. And then it died. Podcasts have lived and died in the time between the episodes. And I and I, I, I held the candle out hoping like I so sub to it, hoping for one more episode. I, I think I don't things think that's gonna come happen. Out. <laughs> yes, I don't think that's gonna that have buried that. But uh, I think that'll come out right after the Meatball and Boulet Brothers collab. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no joke. Uh, but hopefully, people have held the the flame for us because we are back. Listen, if anything will keep people passionate and staying the course, it is Nick Cage fandom, right? Yes, Nick Cage fans I... are not fair weather fans who like one or two missed episodes or one or twelve bad movies. Stop loving Nick Cage. No, no, no. The we are a diehard and loyal people, and so I have no doubt that our listeners are as well. And it does help that we just come through the zombie girl's feed and yeah. those podcasts are consistent. <laughs> Listen, sometimes life gets crazy, you know? Like, sometimes you need to take a little break. And we're never going to half-ass Nick Cage, all right? We need to be in the right headspace. And it's a new year. It's a new us. We are ready to deliver the hot Nick Cage content that you've been craving. And I feel like we're in a pretty good headspace. I'm actually, I've been looking forward to this. I was telling you, like, over the weekend, I was like, we're here. I'm I'm ready to do this. Yeah. Hell yeah. I don't know. I have some bad news, though. Oh, no. I, know, I was just about it. to say, like, I'm so optimistic because it's the beginning <laughs> of the year. But let's just go ahead and step on that. Go right ahead. So in the interim between our last recording and this, I yes. built a new computer. Oh. Which is cool, right? Uh, yeah. But if people have listened to me, Rachel, before, I lose audio files sometimes. Oh, no. What did you lose? I will have to see if I can find the audio for the <laughs> intro music. It's probably in the same file as that Evil Dead review. <laughs> I know. I'll have to find the the Cage Rage little audio clip again. Okay. But worst of all, I lost my immediate reaction walking out. <gasps> Harold! I know. Why did you not put it in the Google Doc folder that I sent you with mine? Because I don't think that way, I guess. I, <laughs> You're I, I, a scientist. I and the thing is, is like I am so like <laughs> some like a really short story. We were talking about my my work had a major like flooding electrical fire issue, and like we lost like everything. But like I was able to like put together our insurance claim really quick because I keep like literally every PO ever, and I did not keep my audio file. My goodness, it's gone forever. We can never recreate it. I can, and and I. I do you yeah. remember what your reaction was? Oh my gosh, yeah, because I went. Yes, I, I I do. So Rachel's reaction will be, because I've listened to it <laughs> since when I was looking for mine. It's been so long, I don't even remember what I said. I think I probably was like, "That was everything." It was. It was just you. It was like it was like if you left me a voicemail. Which, by the way, I called you yesterday and you didn't answer or call me back. You called me yesterday. Uh huh. Because I was getting ready to write my review for the book. I, and I don't think you called me, friend. Do you have another? I, are you, I heard you your voicemail and it was your dulcet tones. I I called you yesterday at six thirty nine Eastern. 
Yeah, I don't know. May I didn't get the note. Wait, no, when is that from? Oh, you did call me. I swear to God, this is new information. I had no idea. I'm sorry. I didn't know. <laughs> I was, it's fine. In my defense, I was like doing back to back to back recordings yesterday. And so I was well, like, I figured in the that's why when I messaged mind. you on Discord, you got right back. I figured, like, oh, she's probably plugged in. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's so weird because I didn't see a missed call. I mean, I can see it in my recents, <laughs> but I didn't see a missed call. That's okay. Oh, my phone. Sorry, buddy. It's all right. So yeah, we're back. We're yeah. here. We have several boobies to get through. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> and the legend that is Nick Cage is only putting out more. I know. There was one out on Friday. What? What? Yeah. The old way came out on Friday. It's his I western. I absolutely missed that. I guess we know who the true fan is. Also, I somebody know. gets a lot of press releases. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, his Western is out, out, out. So do you want to do a quick 15-second elevator pitch about what you've been doing the last eight oh, months Lord. since we recorded this? Eight months? I can't even remember eight days ago. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, like, the big things are I've been doing a lot of traveling. I spent time with you, IRL, mm -hmm. which was a ton of fun. We all got together and had, like, quite an adventure. The holidays happened. I got a Nick Cage uh, ornament on my tree that I'm looking mm -hmm. at. Me and Nick are making eye contact because I didn't manage <laughs> to put my tree away this weekend. Um, what else has been going on? My cat has diabetes. Um <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What about you? What have you been up to? Uh, I graduated and now I'm a master <gasps> of business, just yes. like Rockefeller and all those guys before me, which is Great. cool. Uh, yeah. Um, started a new job. I'm a lab manager over still at Ohio State, but in a different lab. And that's been a lot of fun. I get to actually use that MBA right away, which is cool. Um but you kind of touched a big thing. We actually got together, had a really, yeah. really fun time with a lot of great people up in Michigan. Yes. Um, it was very hard to leave, but I'm excited yeah. that we're we'll doing it again. We all um, cried. <laughs> it, was, it was rough. That's why I got out of there so fast. It's like I, I just knew it was going to be emotional because it's, it always yeah. sucks. Yeah. It always sucks yeah. to leave. Um, mm -hmm. But I remember you gave me like the best compliment. I don't totally understand it, but I have like I'm so bad at taking compliments. But I was like so moved. You told me thank you for being exactly what I thought you were. I don't know what that means, but it really meant a lot to me. Well, so what what it meant is like obviously like we recorded many hours together and not recorded yeah. many hours together. Yeah, and <laughs> like you get to know somebody and yeah you think you know a person and sometimes that kind of isn't what it is even like oh yeah you know especially especially like with around like different groups of people or drinking or whatever mm -hmm. like you kind of get different vibes and i think that that was because the two people who i spent the most time on this side of a recording with was you and justin yeah and i i just couldn't be happier that you two were exactly who I thought you were going to be. Oh, that's such a great compliment. It's one I've never gotten before, and I was just like, I don't know what that means, but like, it felt so heartfelt. I was like, I accept. <laughs> I accept. Well, <laughs> well, it was, and yeah, and so yeah, but we're back here. Um, basically, the reason why things kind of slowed down is that 
Rachel will be busy and I would say let's push and I would get busy and Rachel would say let's push and yep. do that enough times eight months go by yeah yeah but that's new year new, year, new us yes. we, are com- like, we are recommitting to our podcast friendship we are going to make time for each other and like we like we you need to stop taking care of each other in terms of being like let me push for you and be like no I'm taking care of it because we need to have like that friend bonding time even if which I'm kind of thinking since it's been so long for both of us since we've seen rewatched and rewatched rewatched <laughs> this movie I think that the actual review proper will be a little bit shorter yeah. Right. But I think if even I don't know I think I think we're in a good spot. Yeah, I agree. I'm just excited to be back. I've really missed this. <sighs> Me too. So let's do some breaking cage news. There's one yes. thing on here that you listed that I don't know anything about, so I'm going to save that oh. for you. Okay. But yesterday, yesterday, sometime recently, mm-hmm. a trailer came out for Renfield. <laughs> it sure did. Which uh, <laughs> has Nick Cage playing Dracula. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just camping it up. Yeah, I think before that comes out, we'll have to review the movie where he plays a vampire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, to get ready for it. But yeah, the trailer, I think if anybody else was playing that role, I would be like, what did I just watch? Because I am a, yeah. I won't lie, vampires are like my guilty pleasure. I will yeah. read anything when it comes to it. So I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. I I mean, it was very weird to watch it literally the day after I watched the menu because Nicholas Holt is a very different character. So I'm still in, like, villain Nick Holt. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to watch this and be like, I'm having trouble being on your side in this scenario. Plus, obviously, because Nick Cage is, I'm always going to be team Nick Cage. This feels very, it reminds me a little bit of the Sorcerer's Apprentice in Vibe, except for Vampire. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Watching Nick Cage chew the scenery is (laughs) never a bad time, even if the movie is, you know, not the best. He is always the best part of it. And getting to see him, like, what appears to be him having the best time guarantees that I'm going to have the best time. So yeah, I'm Prisoner, totally on board with Renfield. Prisoners of Ghostland, which is one of the reviews we did many months Ooh. ago, uh, is not Ooh. the best movie, but Ooh. man, Nick Cage had a good time in it. Yes, exactly. And it's infectious. Yeah. It is infectious. And I need quick... to stop staring at this ornament. It's very confusing <laughs> to me right now. <laughs> uh, so I have, uh, if people don't know, Rachel painted me my favorite Pokemon is Nidoking, <laughs> and she painted me the Nidoking line, and uh, with Nick faces, Nick Cage's meme face on like their faces, and I have it at my office at work, and we have new rotation <laughs> students today, and, and they loved them. They did. They loved. Them. I, I get so many compliments on them. Oh, I have never giggled more while making a Christmas gift in my Every life. Every day the I see them, time, I smile. I was like, they make me so happy. <laughs> And then my reaction when you opened it and called me was, it was so much fun. You were like, did you make these? And I was just like. They're so cool. (laughs) And very, very quick side note, the menu was awesome, right? Yes, it was so good. You will hear it mentioned in the top ten when you. uh, Yeah, it is. I think for me, like when Deborah and I walked out of it, it's like Scorsese and like those film auteurs always complain there's no original stories, right? It's all just like rehashed, whatever. That was it. That's the original story. That I did yeah, not yeah. know a lot that was going to come. It was a great time through and through. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, no, I agree completely. I could have sat and watched them just have more and more courses. 
I would have been fine with me. I could have sat in another hour of just watching them interact and eat these ridiculous bread plates with no bread. I, I loved it. I, oh, it so I had good. such a great time with that. I movie. could have watched another hour of Anna Taylor Joy and Ralph Fiennes just talking mm. to each other. Mm. I know. I know. I, I love all the, the um, comparisons it's getting to Red or, Ready or Not, that it's kind of like the highbrow Ready or Not. I'm like, yeah, I could see I that. I haven't seen Ready or Not. What? Uh, what? I know Justin loves it, and it's like, and so I've been waiting to watch it so we review it on the podcast. Okay, fair, because like you're gonna have such a good time. Yeah, because I like Samara Weaving, right? She's in that, isn't she? If she is in that, and it's like a total like anti-capitalist horror comedy, oh, you're gonna gosh. have a great time. Okay, cool. <laughs> Even more excited for it then. Yeah. All right, but y- you have some news too, and I'm I curious do. to hear what this is. So, okay, I don't know if you... This is perfect timing for this episode that we're doing because it involves Pedro Pascal. As you may know, he is uh, the Mandalorian in The Mandalorian, and he has previously said he wants to get Nick Cage on uh, on the show. He would like to recruit him. They, like, totally developed a bro relationship while filming together, and he wants to work with him again. So this week, someone at Yahoo Entertainment asked him about this and wanted to know if he wanted to be what he thought about joining a star wars program and um surprisingly nick cage said hell no he said because because and this is a very literal reason okay he said no because his loyalty lies with star trek yeah, I did. I did something very similar to Alien for. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Okay, so here's what he said. I'm not really down." Um, he talking about how he grew up watching William Shatner as Captain Kirk and idolizing the original Star Trek series. I'm a Trekkie man. I'm on the Star Trek Enterprise. That's where I roll. Then he went on to compliment Chris Pine in the new Star Trek movies. And he says, I think the movies are outstanding. I like the political and sociological messages. To me, what science fiction is really, it's what it's really all about and why it's such an important genre is that you really can say whatever you want, however you feel. You put it on a different planet. You put it on a different time or in the future. And without people just jumping on you, you can really express your thoughts like Orwell or whomever in the science fiction format. And Star Trek really embraced that. I'm not in the Star Wars family. I am in the Star Trek family. And I respect the loyalty. I really do. I knew I, you, you not? <laughs> I knew it. When I read this, I was like, first of all, perfect, because it involves our boy Pedro. And also, like, this is the most Larry answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is. I, weird loyalty to things, like, that don't, like, okay. Like, I'm super weird. Like, when me and Devin got a, a new mattress, like, a year, two years ago now, I guess. Yeah. <sighs> I wanted to cut a piece of the mattress off and keep it because, like, we took it Aww. to Utah. It was like I'm I'm weird and I get loyal to things that like, that are weird. So I recognize I love that. that about you. I actually it's... really love that about you. I think that's inc- it speaks to character. I mean, like, it's fun to you know, like, I get it. It's silly. It's fun at the mattress, but like, it what it says about you as a person, I think, is actually very beautiful. Did oh, you keep oh, a piece of the you. mattress, though? No, Devin, <laughs> she's like, that's disgusting. It's like, oh, I'm, 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 I'm not going to push my life. So. Um, you can take a you... picture of it. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> well, we took it to Utah and back. Like, I, I, yeah. I, I'm yeah um, I get it. I get it. Well, thank you. But I do. I mean, I get attached to things. Like, pu- purging is hard, and I need, you know, like, it it's has to happen. It's really hard. 
but like I'm I feel like guilty like getting rid of stuffed animals or something I totally like personify them and, and I'm like oh is this unkind I, I can't let it go but you gotta just let it go let someone else love it it's okay quick side note which is what this whole podcast is um, yeah the non sequitur cast yes a couple months ago um Devin's cat Mojo hmm. would like she stopped using litter box for some reason and she'd pee Uh-oh. on a chair uh-oh. And so we got rid of that chair and like I was devastated. Like I was so mad because like there was a Mojo was totally healthy. It, like, the doctor oh, said there's nothing wrong with her. They like, just decided to do it. Um after three hundred dollars and a th- she stayed three nights at the vets before going to the bathroom. She held her bladder for three days. The doctor's like this cat is like wow. de- determined. Yeah, the cat he's like I, I thought she had like a UTI, nothing. Totally healthy. Okay, well that's good because usually when they start peeing out of the litter box, it's not. Gross. And that's what we were concerned about. But I was like so devastated to throw away this chair that we had had, like, <laughs> whatever. Uh, Pedro I Pascal. Yes, Pedro, love him. Very excited for the Mandalorian. Cannot wait for that to come back. I, I do have a question though before we get into this review, and hmm. it's because it's nothing to do with Nick Cage, so okay. it's just kind of a separate thing. Okay. Um. Batista was yes. giving an interview where he was talking about how he had a tattoo when he covered it yes. up. Mm-hmm. Is yep. is he a member? Like, is is he gay? I I didn't know. He it, is if you... a very outspoken LGBTQ uh, ally. His okay. mother is a lesbian, and he's talked about oh. that quite a bit. Yes, okay. he he is a fierce defender of the queer community and a. He's another one in the list when we're talking about Brendan Fraser and Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Like he to me, I love Dave Bautista. I yeah. really lo- I adore him. I cannot wait for Knock at the Cabin. <gasps> did, he the, did he finish the book? I know you said you got very close. Did you I ever... have not finished the book. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I gotta see if I can get it from the library again. Because like when I tried to get it, it was checked out, and then I switched. I know Devin has decided to like put it off. I might just so that when I watch the movie, I'm a I can be surprised by the ending, yeah, and that's, B, what, that's what she said. Won't compare it to the ending in case it doesn't land or hit as hard as the yeah. as the book because I got where I got to in the book was hitting pretty freaking hard. Yeah, yeah, I, I just saw that, and I know you guys. I, I didn't know a lot about him. Like, I love Batista because I think he's one a great actor and two mm-hmm. i like him in wrestling too so like it was it's cool all so around. okay you're a wrestling person so maybe i can ask you because i don't understand okay. wrestling sports ball the it's, person it's who's not real <laughs> it's the, oh, the number one role uh, no but like was he on a team yes. of wrestlers okay because and, the thing and, is is the tattoo was of someone from a team so i was wondering who and that's why i was curious so he was a part of a group called evolution Okay. That included Triple H, okay. Randy Orton, okay, and Ric Flair. Uh, woo! I think I know who it is. And so, <laughs> are I you also, impressed? I knew that. <laughs> I yes, I was actually. And so when I saw that quote too, that's why I was asking if you knew um, more details it about it. And that's why because of that, I've heard Triple H is like, I heard him and Randy Orton, or I heard they're very down to earth people. Like I saw this video of Randy Orton one uh-huh. time this kid was like talking this kid was like probably five or six years old like talking shit about how he can counter randy orton's rko and how like randy orton isn't that scary and he was like talking trash to the camera and randy orton like sneaks up behind him and like puts him in like the headlock and he's like Go i ahead think and i've out. seen this meme <laughs> and then and then the kid like 
like realizes Randy Orton gets out of the headlock, turns around, looks at him, and just gives him this giant hug. Aww, that's and Randy, nice. And Randy Orton's like, no, like, you gotta get out of it. Like, <laughs> this doesn't work. And, <laughs> and, like, there are some douchebag wrestlers, like Ric Flair, but, like, there's also your Batistas and your John Cena's. Yeah. Like, everything I've seen about John Cena, he's another one, right? Like, everything yes. I've seen, he seems yeah. like, I mean, like you don't, dude. Yeah. like, have the Guinness World Record for most Make-A-Wish things by, like, mm-hmm. triple and, like, not be genuine. You know what I mean? Yeah. The other one is Mick Foley. He's another angel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love Mick. I don't even like wrestling, and I know Mick Foley because he's, like, so involved with, like, rain and stuff. So I love What's Mick rain? Foley. Um, it is, you, you're not familiar with rain. It's, it's a, it is a, uh, a nonprofit that focuses on, um, sexual assault. Like it's the largest anti-sexual violence organization in the world. Like oh, Tori wow. Amos has been very involved with it and he is a spokesperson for rain and has been for decades. And I had is, no idea. Um, that's, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's great. There's, I think there was an episode of WTF with him that I was like, oh my god, I love you. WTF? Uh, the Mark Marin podcast? I am unfamiliar. You've never listened to WTF? Mm. Oh my god, you would love it. It's like Joe Rogan, but not <laughs> toxic as fuck. Yeah, Although I occasionally have... he talks to, to musicians and I get bored because he's like broing down about music. But... Yeah. Um, I am gonna listen to his Courtney Love episode. I'm well, very send me about that send one. me a link because I do not listen to Mr. Rogan anymore. I haven't for a while, so okay. I have a I have a big gap. Unfortunately, I don't have... it might be behind the paywall by this point. That okay. McFoley one, but I, I mean, I think you would actually really like that podcast. Generally, it's just long form interviews, and there that was why I liked Joe Rogan before you know mm-hmm. shit went off the goddamn rails. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll send you a link to his podcast. I think you really like it. Do you think Bernie would go on Joe's podcast now? Yes, I, I do. Too. I love Bernie. I, you know why? Because he's a not afraid. B knows that he can make his case. Like, and I don't think Joe Rogan doesn't challenge people. No, he doesn't. So, doesn't like, talk. yeah, exactly. So I think Bernie would absolutely go on there and like just smoke. You yeah. know, like he would just devour you know what i bernie mean bernie was like, the, the that was the, when i fell in love with bernie was we went on there yep. and talked for an hour yep. because it's like you realize you that, got to hear him talk yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah all right well That's thank the you worst for... thing you can do is let bernie talk because he I will know. sway you yes <laughs> well thank you for turning into our podcast review slash wrestling podcast yeah um, i don't know how much of this is gonna make it in but <laughs> <laughs> rachel what? are you ready to finally talk about the unbearable weight of oh my god talent? we must we must <laughs> let's do it well, I just got out of seeing the incredible weight of massive talent, and my first impression is that that was so joyful. I was concerned that, like, because it's sort of a meta comedy about Nick Cage, that there would be some degree of cynicism, and there's, like, literally none. It is just you know it doesn't shy away from poking fun at him but it does it in a way that always feels kind and sort of in on the joke um it's a total love letter to nick cage and his career and like him you know as he has become in pop culture i also think 
The movie essentially has one joke, which is the whole Nick Cage of it all, and it lives or dies on its ability to stretch that to a runtime, and I had concerns that it was going to be one of those things that started funny and just sort of fell off, but I actually think they are able to make it work through the whole runtime of the movie. I was still giggling at the end when he gets unmasked, and yeah. I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I think it is a love letter to Cage. It's a love letter to Cage fans. Um, It is a love letter to something that doesn't really exist anymore, which is the movie star. Um, And in a world where like things are so freaking dark, it's kind of nice to have something that is like truly, you know, feel good and just pure joy. Uh, I don't know. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, And I think... I don't know that there's anyone more likable on the planet than Pedro Pascal. (laughs) He is a delight. Uh, Yeah, had a really, really good time. And I'm super, super excited to talk about this one with you. All right. That's my thoughts. Bye. I have some film background I wrote a couple months ago on this movie. Oh, my God. I can't wait to hear it. Uh, The Unbearable Way to Massive Talent is a 2022 action comedy film from director Tom Gormican, who co-wrote the screenplay with Kevin Edden. Gorkin is a very green writer-director, having only directed one previous film, That Awkward Moment, in 2014, and previously he wrote for the TV series Ghosted. Hmm. Edden has a longer history, having written for shows like Scrubs, Desperate Housewives, Ed, and Workaholics. Alongside Nick Cage in this film, we have Pedro Pascal, NPH, and Tiffany Haddish. Haddish? How do you say your name? Haddish. Haddish. Most people by now are aware of Peter Pascal. We've been talking about him. Uh, Rachel mentioned The Mandalorian, or for me, the first time you probably saw him was as the Viper in Game of Thrones. Neil Patrick Harris is one of my all-time favorite actors to ever act, ever. Really? Um, Oh, my God. NPH head? I had no idea. So I think the first time I watched him was probably in Harold and Kumar. Mm, oh really okay that's interesting and i was like i have no idea who you are and then it was how much your mother uh-huh and then it was the genetic opera oh right and then i realized he was in doogie hauser so i watched all those well, yeah oh, <laughs> okay and uh and now i'm going through and watching the series of unfortunate events he's playing count olaf oh and it's just, he's so good at count as count olaf i love every count olaf. time i see him it just like he was an episode of Glee, and yes, I I, I did watch Glee. Glee, but like, yes, he did uh, Dream On. He did a duet of Dream On, mm. and like, you don't even need to watch Glee. Just go watch that YouTube video of him doing Dream On, and if you don't like Neil Patrick Harris after that, then you're you're done. Like, there's not a lot to do. <laughs> um, so when I wrote this, like, I'm not sure what has happened since because this is like months ago, but. Tiffany Haddish got her big break on the sitcom The Carmichael Show, uh, then the comedy film Girl Strip in 2017, and she mm-hmm. won an Emmy for her guest host role on SNL. So, Unbearable Way premiered at South by Southwest before its theatrical release. Cage has said that this fictionalized version of himself bears little resemblance to his in-real-life self and had turned down the role several times before accepting it at Gormican after Gormican sent him a personal letter. Principal photography took place in Croatia, um, which I now need to visit because that was beautiful. That was mm. gorgeous. Mm-hmm. 
This movie is beautiful. It, oh my gosh, it really, really is. The film was scored by Mark Isham. His previous work includes The Hitcher, the original Point Break, A River Runs Through It, and the TV show Once Upon a Time, which is another one of my guilty pleasures. Once Upon a Time. Oh, was that the fairy tale one? Yes. Okay, got it. <laughs> Where, like, got the it, whole town like, are like fairy tale people, but they don't know they're mm-hmm. fairy tale people because the evil queen. Right. Again. Right. So, Sometimes you just need that kind of... No judgment. If you knew the trash I watched, like that, that is like Oscar-worthy compared to the, the dumps that I delved. <laughs> oh, wait till our forcing, because I'm going to give you a, an option of three things, and one of them is trash. Like You'll be surprised at the okay. trash I can watch. Okay. Shot on a budget Challenge of 30... accepted! <laughs> Shot on a budget of $30 million and has currently grossed $26.8 million at the box office. Awesome. That it might have gone uh, up again. It's been months. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to the box office mojo here. Burr, 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 burr. Yeah, maybe we can burr, date burr. it and figure out. Because like, it did come out in, what, March, April of 2022? So theaters were still kind of getting their feet underneath them, and people were still kind of getting used to going out in public like Yeah, that. and I don't know um, how much of this is reflected, like how many how much VOD information is reflected in that number. Let's see here. So, let's see. As of January 9th in the year of our Lord 2023, <laughs> um, it has earned domestic. Oof, not good. Uh, domestic $20,357 dues and worldwide $29 million. Okay, so I was pretty close for a few yeah. months old <laughs> yeah. background. Yeah. So it's almost made back in terms of box office. I like yeah. I said, I don't know what in terms of rentals. If that, I, I doubt that it is reflected here. Yes, and obviously the budget is just for the film. I don't think that actually includes like promotional stuff too, which is something I found out is calculated separately. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Plot, Rachel. Do you want to give a quick elevator pitch of what this plot is? Yes, I was trying to see if I could find the VOD numbers. I thought you were going to talk longer. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) This is awesome podcast making that we're doing. Um, Okay, so this film follows Nick Cage playing himself, Nick Cage. Uh, He is in a point in his career where things are not going the way he wanted wants them to. He's separated from his wife. He has a teen daughter who um, is frustrated with him because of his rampant narcissism and self involvement. Um, but he in out of desperation agrees to take this gig where he's going to go spend uh, a weekend with Pedro Pascal's character IMDB um, the who is his number one fan. Do you know his name? I'm sorry. Joel. 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 Okay. No, that's a, that's, a, that's a character. I was like, I'm like, really? that's, that's a character from name? The Last of Us. I was kind of like, wow, he's just playing all the jewels. Okay, Javi. He's, he's going Sorry. To... <laughs> you got me. You got me, gal. Okay, so he's going to stay with Javi for the weekend and help him celebrate his birthday. He's not really sure what it's going to be. He just knows that he does not want to have a three-way with him and his wife. <laughs> um, and what ends up happening is they forge this incredible friendship over their love of film and they decide they're going to make a or uh javi wants him to make his movie um here's the problem though javi may or may not be like some sort of underworld kingpin and so 
Nick Cage is recruited by the CIA to spy on him. And it becomes a conflicting situation between his his burgeoning soulmate level friendship connection with Javi and also like maybe he is a very, very bad dude. And uh, that's kind of it without getting into the end of the movie. Do you want me to keep going or is that good? Um, it's been long enough. We can just go ahead and spoil it. Okay, so they um, <laughs> continue to bond despite the fact that uh, Nick Cage believes he may be a, a kingpin. But Twist turns out he's just the front, and it's actually his his cousin, who we should have known was evil because he has terrible bleached hair, uh, is actually the leader of this underworld um, organization. Mm-hmm. And Nick Cage and him save the day together and then turn that into the epic film that becomes Nick Cage's comeback. And uh, in the process, he also finds a new way to connect with his family. So in the end of the film, we see a beautiful Paddington Bear moment between I still need to watch that damn movie. I've never seen it either. And every time I watch this, I'm like, I really gotta watch it. Yeah, every time. Every time. So yeah, that is the the full rundown of unbearable weight weight of massive talent. Okay, so for me, um, or for me, for our audience and for us, the way we talk about movies is we do pros and cons of plot, pros and mm-hmm. cons of acting, pros and cons of the directing, our favorite Nick Cage line, and then what Cage fan do we recommend, and then we'll put it in the ultimate Nick Cage viewing order. So plot, I did not know what to expect mm-hmm. um, going into it because you saw the trailer you kind of it didn't, like you knew what it was going to be about but not as far and as crazy as it got <laughs> um, I liked it I liked that I didn't see a lot of it coming there were like so we're doing spoilers like the the recruited like the CIA agents who recruit him like get killed off which like really yeah. caught me off guard yeah I was so, like, like oh okay I guess we are hitting hard today okay <laughs> yeah so there's like actual like weight to the stakes even though there's like scenes where unbearable just... weight you might even say <laughs> where uh like Nick Cage is like having a conversation with himself from like Birdie <laughs> not Birdie <laughs> um uh Valley Girl yeah 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 and like it's just like it, the the movie goes from like goofy to serious to like meta it's it's a lot and I liked it mm-hmm. but the thing I was wondering and this kind of goes going to be discussed more I think in uh, the Cage fan recommend mm-hmm. I don't know if someone who doesn't like Nick Cage would get everything out of this movie they could because they mm-hmm. reference everything yeah hmm that's probably true I feel like they t- they stick more to the bi- the hits at least it's not like the deep cuts like yeah it's not actually birdie it's, it's not Girl. actually birdie no yeah um and so I think that helps because a lot of them are major cultural pop up uh, like uh Connor what's yeah uh, touchstones that's what I'm looking for yeah but I mean based on the box office, perhaps there is some concern about that there is some merit to that concern yeah. but i will tell you as someone who has seen all of these movies and loved all these movies this was like the best version of fan service for me yeah and it was a good story like i, I think mm-hmm. that people might have been kind of scared away from it because they thought like if you weren't a nick cage super fan like you wouldn't get the meta because you're right like there are some deeper references but th- but 
I say there's a lot of references to his filmography, but it's like you said, it's the touchstone ones. It's yeah. The Rock. It's Con Air. It's Face Off. Like it's the big ones that he has done. Um, but even so, the plot stands a but like that's like this icing on a really fun cake. It's really just about him and Pedro Pascal becoming friends, having their friendships be- betrayed and rebuilding, and like trying to connect with their families like in their own different ways. Like it's really a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I worried about going into it was that it was going to be cynical or a little mean spirited, um, and I was delighted that it really is such a sweet film that it is a love letter to Nick Cage without being totally um, pandering or like ego stroking. Like there's some self-effacing humor, but it never feels like it's mean about Nick Cage. What made you fear it was going to be mean? Just because I feel like, you know, it could go in that direction. I think that there have been phase in his career where the the mockery was not tinged with like a loving kind of insider joke like it has been really mean like jokes about his his finances and things like that i wasn't sure how it was gonna land but what what i also appreciate is it's not just like if it were just that joke and i it is that joke throughout the entire runtime and i do feel like it manages to land over the course of the film but what it ultimately is really about is like this incredibly sweet bromance between him and Pedro Pascal. Yeah. And it's like, it is almost this like eat, pray, love of brodom that occurs and like an intimacy and love and a non-toxic masculine love yeah. for like male friendship that is totally counter to like the super hyper masculine sort of persona that he has at one point in his career that a lot of this is homaging so i don't know i i think I was that is a brilliant way to put it like it's just a very like healthily presented relationship between two guys yeah it, and a celebration of cinema that yeah. is not up in its own ass. Like, the movies that they talk about are the ones that touch the heart. Yeah. But are not necessarily ones you brag about loving. And I think that that also is really sweet and surprising in a movie that's so meta. Because one of my favorite, like, bromance, I guess, movies I've ever seen is I Love You, Man. With Jason mm-hmm. Siegel. It's really sweet. Yeah. yeah. It, and, like, this is up there with it. Like it's just yeah. like, it's like in, obviously it transcended because Pedro Pascal is trying to get him to become the star that we talked about earlier. Yeah. Like it was genuine, and mm-hmm. this is kind of bleeding into acting because like I think the plot is fine. And like you said, it's not mean spirited. I think the deeper Nick Cage fan you are, maybe the more love you would have Rewarding, for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when it comes to acting, I think everybody else does a good job, but Nick Cage and Pedro Pascal just eat the scene up when they're together. Yeah. Yeah. The chemistry between the two of them is so it feels so authentic. Yeah, and um, yeah, and it's just mm-hmm. like I want to see more of it. Like it's like they just really seem like they're just developing a friendship. And it starts off rocky too. Like it starts off with they don't know what's going on and they build to it and it's just it like I said, I love you man is the only other movie I can compare it to where it's like you really feel like these guys like are just like they're just friends. Yeah. Yeah, and you're very invested in their friends. So when it looks like that friendship is dissolving, you're like, no, 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 no. Don't. I love this. Your connection is so incredibly sweet. Um, 
And I wasn't necessarily expecting that going into this. Me either. uh, This is a true feel-good movie for me. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel better about the world when I see this movie because it's such a celebration of the best, like, our better angels. And I was happy because I was a little bit afraid that maybe Pedro Pascal was going to be, like, a ditzy character, almost. Mm, You know what I'm saying? I was afraid that he'd just be, like, comic relief. Because the trailers kind of portray him like that. But he's not. He's deep. And, like, with, like, like and like everybody and like the whole relationship between them it gets better and like there are some like potty humor jokes like he doesn't want to have a threesome with him and his wife or whatever but like yeah but it's also like this friend's like feeling betrayed and hurt and like wanting to protect them and like growing and becoming better over time it their performances alone make this a film that if you can watch it on streaming or if you get it from the library obviously it's too late now to see it in theaters but like Give it your money, though. Just rent it. Yeah, it's it's it is well worth your time. It really it, just for those two. Yeah, I mean, I think I want to your point. I just want to like add to your point. I think when you're talking about the the comic relief, or th- it speaks to the spirit of the film that in a time where anytime sincerity is depicted, it's so often seen cynically and like yeah, and it's almost like sincerity and lack of intelligence are almost put together in this it like embraces sincerity in a way that felt very refreshing we're so in that we're so cynical now that like it's uncool to be excited about things it's uncool to have like genuine emotional excitement over something that that is seen as like everyone is so hipster about everything and so for this movie to allow him to be sincere and to embrace and celebrate that instead of turning it into like you said the comic relief i think is another reason this thing is so touching and -hmm. like feels like a breath of fresh and i honestly think once again you perfectly segue into the directing (laughs) okay let's get into it (laughs) you you talked about how the film is beautiful to look at and it is like it's just it's just edited very well it's very pretty but the director lets the performances of nick cage and pedro pascal take center stage and he just lets them and their relationship flourish mm-hmm. and i think that there are some directors who would like step in or over edit or just do things to kind of take away from it but i think he he must have realized in the moment that that was going to yeah. be a very genuine thing because it is the best thing about the movie. Even with all the yeah. cage references to like face yeah. off and all that, the best thing about the movie is Nick Cage and Pedro Pascal being friends. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. And he lets those scenes breathe. Like one of my favorite parts of this movie, I love the stuff where he like sees his wax figurine and that's really funny and it was in the trailer. But like one of my favorite scenes is the pool scene where they're just like vibing. Me too. That's one of my favorite scenes too. Where they're just like sitting there like getting to know each other. Because like, I think like so many times like when you think about like guy movies, right? It's like Predator mm-hmm. where it's like, you son of a bitch and then you're you're automatically arm wrestling, right? It's like, yes, yes, you know what I mean? yes. It's like, it'll be wrong. I love Predator. But like, yeah, that's not what guys' relationships are. Like, it, they can be emotional. They can be effeminate. They can be like just talking. Intimate. Yes. Yeah. And, uh-huh. It's, it was just so nice to see, and it wasn't what I was expecting. Like, 
I wasn't expecting maybe necessarily like it to be like mean spirited. Um, I'm, I'm happy it wasn't because I definitely would have felt differently about the movie. Oh yes. But I was prepared for it to be very meta, very tongue in cheek, and I was ready mm-hmm. for Pedro to be like, like we were talking about, like just like there for comic relief or it's like Nick Cage's like sidekick, and it's not mm-hmm. what it was. Like they, right? In a lot of ways, Pedro Pascal's character is far more important to the plot than Nick Cage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it takes a turn where it becomes sort of more meta and um, more action oriented, but they've laid this groundwork of emotional um, stakes yes. that give that part actual stakes and makes it the action beats really fun. You're right because the final sequence where it is like an action movie mm-hmm. could come across real dumb. Because oh, of yeah. everything that led up to it. Well, you said we are invested not only in their friendship, we are invested mm-hmm. in Nick Cage's family getting out alive, we are invested in Pedro Pascal's love interest to get out safely. Like, mm-hmm. it it builds to it, and then when you have that final twist at the end where they're sitting there at an award ceremony, and it's yeah. like changed over to being a movie instead of like what we watched, it's. It, it's just done well like I, I, I think yeah. this movie could have really sucked oh yeah and I think yeah. because the plot had a little bit more there than what I was expecting plus the performances of Cage and Pascal I I liked it mm-hmm. yeah and it was nice to see Cage in, an, in a straight up comedy yeah he actually has really great comedic timing. And I think oftentimes there's humor in his performances because he makes odd choices and that's what we love him for. Mm-hmm. But to see him kind of in a slapstick role, not to be uncomfortable and awkward, but like really hitting those comedic beats, like the whole thing with him accidentally, you know, numbing himself and yes. knocking himself out, like all of that actually worked. It was all really funny. Um, and it, if he was not able to land those, it would be like when you have somebody on SNL that is not funny, and you're just like, oh. but he hits those beats. He he is a he is a thespian. He can be very serious. He can land the emotional beats. He can get us on his side when he's being unbearable in those opening scenes, singing to his daughter. But then he can also deliver the funny. And oh I just gosh, think that it that. is a. It is a love letter to Nick Cage and also a really great encapsulation of what makes him great. Yeah. And his and, ability to be a chameleon. And we have a lot more movies from Cage coming up. Like, we have the yeah. majority of his 90 films we have not touched. No. We have more of his younger, his Oscar-nominated era, right? And we also yeah. have, like, his crazy stuff. But, like, let's not forget one of the last reviews we did was Pig. Yeah, oh, God. So like, good. Nick Cage... Yes, he me. does a lot of weird movies, and trust me, I just watched the Renfield trailer again. I'm well aware <laughs> of what Nick Cage can do, but he also makes you feel. Like, Face Off in particular, we will get to it one day, he has a range of emotions in that, where he's playing the good guy, the bad guy, interacting with the same characters in different ways. It's impressive. And in this movie, like you said, yeah. we will out, we get to see him be funny. And like, be able to like not take shots at himself but be able to like make a joke a little bit about how culturally important his films have become 
It's just such a relief that he's not, an, you know, like so arrogant Thank God. that he can't have fun with his persona. Yeah. It endears me more that he's happy to be the butt of the joke a little bit and that he's self-aware to go like, yeah, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this I, it's a shame that this did not do better because it is such a joy of a film. And he is one of the last living movie stars. You know what I mean? I totally agree. So I feel like when R.I.P. in advance, he passes, like, this is a movie that, like, people are going to be, like, the greatest Nick Cage movie you didn't see. Yeah, I, I think it would easily be on that list. And mm-hmm. I, 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 I do personally feel the box office numbers are still reflective. I know it's been a while, and the world is so much different now than it was then, even. But, like, yeah. COVID, it still exists now. But what I, meant, what I mean to say is, COVID was still very, very real in people's minds. Like, I remember we going there, like, you had to, like, like sit two seats apart from anybody you were around, and you had to wear a mask unless you were putting popcorn in your mouth. Like, that kept a lot of people from going to the cinema. Oh, yeah. And then as time goes by, people don't think about it, and, like, they just have way to rent it or borrow it or whatever. Like, those numbers, I don't think, are indicative. And I wonder if in a world now where I haven't seen it but apparently Avatar made 1.5 billion already yeah like I think that it would be different but I guess the biggest thing I want to kind of get across is I I wonder if you agree I don't think you need to have seen every single Nick Cage film to Mm-mm. watch and appreciate this movie I think you just need to know not even seen you just need to know his importance yeah and it might inspire you to go and check him out. That's what I'm thinking. Know? Like, like, wait, what is what is this Con Air thing? Like the Golden yeah. Guns from Face Off. Like, what do you, what is this referencing? Like, I think it could get people to go do it. And hell, Valley Girl even. Yeah. Oh my God, Nikki. We haven't even talked about Nikki, but <laughs> he was such a fun surprise. I yes. didn't know going into it about Nikki, and <laughs> I. As his like ego and id personified, it was so fun and uh, those interactions are really really great. I mean, this movie is very interested in the internal life of Nick Cage, but in a way that is not self serious. And I yeah. didn't know how much I needed that. Yeah, it's it's very much like almost like what we're doing here, right? Where we're watching it, we're not scoring it, we're not giving it like four stars or like like whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're just like talking about it. I think every single movie we've watched on here well the cotton club but that was <laughs> Ooh, we don't yeah. talk about the cotton club yeah so we'll, we'll put the cotton <laughs> club aside but like let's talk about the best of times mm-hmm. that was interesting but like it was interesting <laughs> i could see us if we got together like having a few drinks and like throwing it on and laughing at some of the musicals yeah i mean that car wash dance number is badass yeah <laughs> it, yeah exactly so like it, it's yes I, I just think pe- more people should watch it, and I think that I think you can have a good time, even if you go into it solely for the buddy romance between Pedro Pascal and Nick Cage. If you yeah. liked I Love You Man, you can get the exact same kind of feelings out of this, I think at least. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I think it's an incredibly sweet film, and and I, I loved it. I loved it. I, I We haven't even talked about cons. I don't really have any. I don't have any, any cons. 
I think it's well directed. I think it's creative and fun in terms of its plot. And I have no comments on feedback, like er, on, on performances. Like it's all yeah. good. Everybody, like the, the side characters are good. The villains are good. Like, mm-hmm. but again, like it's I've seen it like four times now because of how long it's been since we've done it. <laughs> but like all when I, when I sit here and think about it, all I can think about mainly you brought it up the pool scene mm-hmm. with pedro pascal and nick cage and then yeah. like the final like action sequence where they're like trying to save each other and their families like yeah it's just i also love the shoe scene yes where they like think they're going to kill each other and they're like changing <laughs> shoes and <laughs> the, the movie it's just cute I it's love a it. it's a lot of fun so let's do our favorite yeah. cage line. I see you have two, so why don't you give me yeah. one of yours first? I think you need to go first because we there's a chance we have the same one. Okay, I will trust and you. And I have a backup. Okay. And you don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my What's quote yours? is, it's just a matter of time before the great power plant upstairs turns off the juice and we retreat to the black pit of nothingness from which we came. <laughs> that was one of my i had the beginning the part at the beginning of live the life of a house cat on top of it but yeah that's a great one that is i mean that's when nick cage is in full like thespian mode yep so i actually selected one a more comedic backup which is uh delivered by one nicky cage okay and it goes a little something like this nick cage smooches good you tell him nick cage smooches good I stand by my choice. <laughs> well, I was happy you had a backup. I need to start doing that because I, yeah, it's a good yeah. movie. It's a fun movie. Now the hard part. Okay. To what Cage fan do we recommend? Okay. I have mine and it's, I have to explain it. Okay. It sounds one way, but it's actually another. Okay. And I would recommend this for the true Nick Cage loyalist. And not because it's something that you could only enjoy if you're a loyalist and, like, a completist, right? No, it's because as a loyalist, this is the film that you deserve. It rewards your love of him. It is a validation of your love of him. It is the movie for that that Nick Cage fans deserve. Loyal Nick Cage fans who, if you don't love him at, you know, his cotton club you don't deserve him at his face off right Mm -hmm. uh and if you do love him at his cotton club anyway you deserve this movie for being loyal all right perfect i actually like yours a lot better than mine mine is for the nick cage bromance because again it's been a while since we've done it but that is the biggest thing that sticks out to me from like multiple rewatches is just that pedro pascal and nick cage just have such an on-screen chemistry and yeah. You don't get a lot of movies with guys being friends without it being steeped in toxic magic. Right. Right. Or overly serious. You yeah. know, like this is the joy of friendship. And that's that's what I love about it. Alright. So now we have the hard right. part. We have to place Ooh, it. Oh. Ref- oh shit, that's right. Yeah, to okay. refresh your memory. Going from number one to number nine, we have Pig, The Rock, Valley Girl, Birdie, The Family Man, Racing with the Moon. I forgot about that one. That pool scene was super cool. Prisoners Mm -hmm. of the Ghost Land, The Best of Times, and The Cotton Club. 
this is going to be hard. So... I like here's the thing like i think pig is still of these his best sort of like thespian performance oh my god without a doubt pig is emotionally devastating in like the good kind of way yes and i think the rock is very emblematic of a very specific time in the nick cage oeuvre Mm -hmm. um i think it's definitely above valley girl as much as i enjoyed valley girl okay. okay because i think that this is like that is his like kind of origin it's the beginning of it it is the like blueprint of what would you know come to pass but this is kind of the other side of it this is the proof of it this is this is the complex and charming and talented and multifaceted nick cage so for me personally i would put it in the number two spot but i know of your love of the rock so i'm willing to go number three okay well i was actually going to put it at four Okay. Um, so I think it's a good compromise then, because of the rock. Uh, but yeah, the reason why I was thinking below <laughs> Valley Girl is, I think that for because like, we're not ranking it based on like our favorite movies because I think Family Man will be higher, definitely higher than Birdie. Mm-hmm. It's more of the performance of Cage we get, and I think the fact that Nikki, who is a reference to Cage's character in Valley Girl, is like in it. Like that performance mm. evokes it. Like it, it's tied to it. Um, but I am totally fine putting it at three. All right, cool. Works for me. Because yeah. that's what I suggested. <laughs> Aren't I great the way I compromise with my own choices? <laughs> you, well, your logic is so much better. I, I am totally fine to bow down to better logic. It makes oh, life easier for me. <laughs> I know it's it's where it's gonna get spicy is when we get into the '90s and it's like we both have very passionate feelings. About oh, Rachel, movies. if you don't make Face Off number one, oh, or Con Air, oh, I, I'm gonna fight myself when it gets down to Con Air and Face Off. Like, yeah, I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm not gonna make Con Face Off is not my number one. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> yeah, just get ready. It's not my favorite. <laughs> oh my god, Face Off! I I literally wore out a VHS copy of Face Off. That is not an exaggeration. I, I fucking I believe love that you. Movie. I believe you. I oh. saw it twice in the theater. Did you, you really? Like you saw it in the theater? Yeah. Oh. Twice. I saw it and then I took someone else to see it because I liked it so much. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. I did not see it in the mm-hmm. theater. I saw my grandpa's VHS copy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fun. So if you ever rented a theater, would Face Off be the movie that you'd want to watch? That or Back to the Future. I've asked myself the question before. Back to the Future is one I would also um, love to see on the big screen. I also saw Back to the Future in the theater. Oh my gosh, was it amazing? <laughs> of course. I mean, I was a little kid, but I loved it. Oh. And I remember being so excited at the end when it was like, Back to the Future 2 is coming. I was like, yes, this movie's amazing. My, my <laughs> quote, like my senior quote was, Roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. Oh, shit. Like my favorite yeah. film is Goodfellas. Like I just love that movie. But my favorite movie is back to the future it's a great movie i could it's watch so that in fun. every single day and never get tired of it wow wow yeah i guess that's how i feel about alien and aliens <laughs> which aliens was the movie that i watched when i rented a theater you know that's why yeah. you gotta pick the one that you never saw in the theater yes that you like always dreamed of so yeah like, like I, I, I love goodfellas but i have no interest in seeing that on the big screen like, you don't need yeah. I mean like there's the cool tracking shot but like it's not the kind of thing you absolutely have to have a theater for to exactly. fully experience yeah like seeing the thing in the theater was awesome oh I can't imagine that'd be so cool was, 
It was really cool. When Devin and I went and saw um, Creature from the Black Lagoon in the Mm -hmm. theater, that was actually really cool, too. Awesome. Like, to see an old movie like that there. But we went and saw Cabaret. It was like a TCM uh-huh. special, and I'm uh-huh. a sucker for Old Liza Minnelli. Yeah. yeah, I am just a sucker for TCM, and then like Liza Minnelli also just like has my heart. And that movie is just it blows my mind for like what, almost sixty years old, and it's that goddamn progressive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, was it pre-code? Because any no. all that pre-codes, oh, was it? No, all it was that pre-code like stuff 50s? is surprisingly progressive. Because oh, it was it was Bob code. Fosse was the director. Oh, cabaret! I was thinking Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh no, sorry, sorry. I, I switched it up on you. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, uh, Creature Black Lagoon is not progressive, but Cabaret is. Nineteen sixty-six. Oh yeah. That's I mean, nineteen sixty-six. We're like seventy-two. Was the was the film? Yeah, though that's an interesting time in film because it's like post '60s sexual revolution, mm-hmm. pre-AIDS crisis. Yep. So there's like a window of really interesting sort of sex-positive films in that era. And I think during the pandemic, I went on like a stream where I was like talking about Bob Fosse and my love for him in like the Zombie Girls, like what you watching? Where like everyone I... was delighted by it. Everyone was. <laughs> I delighted. just turned on TCM and it was like a Bob Fosse marathon, and I stayed up to like three o'clock in the morning just watching like cabaret and all that jazz and just like yeah live reacting but it's not yeah. the point. It, it, it was to our delight everyone had a great time with your adventures on t- your tcm adventure like you said benny mankiewicz <laughs> is just a smile i know i love ben I, see I love ben mankiewicz i love him. he i used to be like very into the young turks they've gone a little off the deep end for me yeah but um back in the day he was like one of my favorite people on that show yeah yeah all right so is that it for us? Are we wrapping it up except for our plans for the next episode? Yeah, so we'll... Yeah, let's just head right into the closing. next movie all right the boy in blue never seen this one Either don't even know what it's about uh it out, assuming it's military no no it's about crew oh it is like a, rowing about rowing yeah what yeah okay. we're, yeah um i that, that is literally all i know about it how much of this movie is he shirtless <laughs> Probably I'm a guessing lot. a high percentage. I'm guessing a lot. <laughs> young, young Nick Cage in a crew uh-huh. film. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, if you would like to, did we get any emails? We did not get any emails. We've been That's out fair. of the commission. That's fair. Yeah. That's, yeah. I understand. It's fair. It's fair. Uh, if you would like to send an email, though, you can send it to Nick Cage at Zombie Girls. That's G R R L Z dot com. Um, and also, if you notice, the artwork is done by. Rachel's partner Randy and we love it but if you would like to draw your own art of Nick Cage and have it featured as the show art for the week let us know and we can definitely do it just send it on over to uh, again Nick Cage at zombiegirls.com Rachel it's been a long time so we've done it I think we finally have a solid plan first Mondays of the month we're going to record get it done push through them 
I think we'll look at when Renfield's coming out so we can do... What is that vampire one he's in? Vampire's Kiss. Vampire's Kiss. I haven't seen it, but I've like seen like Me neither. clips from it. Just the memes. <laughs> Just the gifts yes. and the memes. <laughs> so I think we'll probably do that one before Renfield, like the month before. I think it just seems yeah. right. But I think what we should yeah. do is just in order to get to like the 90s and the 2000s, like yeah. we'll just keep going through it and have a good time. Yeah. So. Yep, I agree. All right, guys. So if you're sticking around, um, make sure you, uh, if you're a patron, we'll have the extended episode. Um, regular uh, listeners, you'll have the first few minutes of that, and then um, everything else will be behind the Patreon paywall. Rachel, any last oh, Shit gets thoughts? real. <laughs> <laughs> no, except for to say that I'm glad to be back. I've missed this. I've missed our chitty chats. I've missed uh, talking about Nick Cage and fangirling out about uh, the national treasure, pun intended, that is the, the man, the myth, the legend, Nick Cage. And not only that, like, I just, I think we both got busy and we, like I said, we were just being too nice and pushing it, but just being able to sit and talk has been yeah nice too. Yeah, and necessary. that alone, mm-hmm. that alone is worth it so hopefully everyone enjoyed this and we will be back in a month with the boy in blue yeah see you then So I'm going to, oh, I was going to say, I propose that we make a pact to always record, even if what we're recording is not an episode proper. Like, we're just going to get on, talk about headlines and, like, bullshit for a little bit so that no matter what, we stay on, like, an episode a month. I could not agree more. And honestly, like, I think that was probably our most rushed review of a movie, probably because it's been a while since we've seen it. But, like, it was still fine. We're still talking and having fun. And, like, if people don't realize this is mine in your way to just, like, hang out and talk hang about stuff yeah <laughs> exactly this, this is all our... these podcasts ultimately are is me like having a like set date with my friend to hang out yes and, and that's why i love doing them so i am to- i i think we always stick to it yep and like i said if we if we don't have time to do a full episode we'll just hang out for 20 minutes like do like a nick cage bite essentially yep. where we'll just like do some quick headlines and then just bullshit about some stuff and call it a day i do want this year though to make some time and like put on the calendar for us to watch the documentary about his tim burton superman let's do it next month let's make that the bonus episode for next month okay perfect awesome okay so, extended episode let's okay so we're not, we're not doing cage rage are we i was actually going to suggest we don't because i have been so okay. happy talking about it and yes there is stuff like scream six and yeah i think we had so many things listed there <laughs> I know. I know. i'm like i'm not even i don't have the energy to be mad about these things anymore well yeah that and I, i'm just happy i am honestly like yeah. like like you said i don't need to purge i feel good we, we had to take the band-aid off get back into it and do it and yep. that's where i'm at like i'm not i'm not upset by anything i'm gonna i'm happy me too all right perfect so right. from the last time we recorded yes i owed you total recall and yes, you owed me original Devolution. version not the terrible remake yes with arnold 
Uh, yes. I will go first. Not Colin Farrell. I'll be yes, honest. Yes, it's please. been a while <laughs> since right, I've right. seen it. The uh, good news is this one kind of burns its way into your brain. <laughs> oh no shit. That was a weird fucking movie. <laughs> that was all I could think. Like Terminator being like a very serious horror film. Honestly, mm-hmm. I was yeah. thinking I was going to get more of that, but maybe more sci-fi. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. This movie is off the goddamn wall. It reminded I mean, me more Verhoeven. of Robocop than anything else. Well, I mean, same director. Oh, shit. Well, that makes a lot of... That you know what explained. else he directed? Uh, uh, Starship, Starship Troopers. Troopers. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know that one. I didn't know that one. Okay, good, 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 good. Yeah, and, like, and also Showgirls. <laughs> wow, really? Yeah, Paul Verhoeven, man. Uh-huh. He also directed uh, last year, year before. He directed Benedetta, which is the like lesbian nun movie. Oh, I did not. It's like super profane. Yeah, oh, I did not. I did not know that. No, but yeah, he yeah he's directed some really interesting stuff. Like Elle was really interesting. Yeah, it was a fun movie, Rachel. It was really yeah! cool. I I I liked like the premise of it was super interesting. There's a lot of like meme worthy mm-hmm. moments in it. Um, oh yes. The special effects were super cool, mm-hmm. but overall, like, because again, it's been a it's been a while since I've seen it. It was more just like, well, that was a movie. That in there is nothing <laughs> wrong with that, and there are so many Arnold films that are like that. Like, Running Man is another one that reminded me because for a second I I thought this was Running Man. Oh yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, I can see that. It's it's of that particular era. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it's, it's that like aesthetic, I guess, of like that early '90s, late '80s action movie. But it was fun. But you don't think the new one is worth it? I mean, you're welcome to watch it, but it is a very, very different film. It, like all the the wacky joy of it yeah. is is absent because it's not Verhoeven. Yeah. Is, um, some of the stuff he tackles in that movie is very deep, but it comes across mm-hmm. very light, which I think was what made this so weird. Yeah, like they're it's talking a, heavy shit, and it's like uh-huh. so very goofy, like just like Starship Troopers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or hell, Robocop. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's where his strength lies, right? Is in these sort of like satiric sci-fi. Like my favorite Verhoevens are all satirical sci-fi films uh-huh. that are like anti-capitalist or like exploring identity or um, talking about the the war machine. Like this is what he. This is the lane I think he kind of owns um, because he also makes them incredibly entertaining popcorn films. Yeah. That are strange and endlessly memeable, full of moments that are like unforgettable, like the the woman's head coming off, yes. or the people like what happens to them on Mars, or the removal of that implant from his nose, the three-breasted yeah. hooker, like come on, the, uh, the reveal of the guy in the chest too was also like Quato, Quato yes. lives. <laughs> yep, that was like yeah, th- this whole movie was just like yeah, it was it was a great recommendation. You are on a streak. Do you feel like seeing the movies that I watched when I was a child that shaped me <laughs> are making me make sense? <laughs> I always thought you made sense. I, I, I have always just view like I again. I've told you like I, I think that your viewpoints are very interesting and unique, and <laughs> but, but they're but they're good and like I, I there is nothing you have recommended me because I don't count um, 
my sweet Audrina. That was planned in a different way. Um, there's <laughs> nothing that you have had me. I love that book. <laughs> that you have had me go through or enjoy or watch or read or review or whatever where it hasn't been like a very good time. So I know no matter what you give okay, me, it's going to be good. good. And I just think you have good taste. That's why I'm not worried about it. Thank you. I mean, it also helps that like you and I share a very deep love of like 80s sci-fi, yeah. but you've somehow missed some of the like the bangers. Yeah, which is so crazy. You I've made my job win. very easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, I hope I can continue my streak. We'll I, see. I'm curious we'll what you have up next for me. Uh, but before that, why don't you tell me about Dante? What do you got there? One second, Dante. What are you eating? Out of this cat litter. Why do you do it? Nasty, nasty little dog. <laughs> so, we found out what it was is that Mojo, a bunch of you hear me now, I'm like walking around picking up Dante's trees he pulled out. So, yeah. <laughs> Dirty we, boy. We, had two, we have two litter boxes. One is like a jump-in, drop-down one, uh-huh. um, which is mainly Stokely's. And the other one was for Mojo, and it was like covered. Because Dante, when he was younger, used to like harass her when she'd go to the bathroom. So when she peed mm-hmm. in that chair, we found out it was because she couldn't fit anymore into the cave. Or it wasn't comfortable for her to go in there and like move around to do her business. So now that we've got her a new litter box, Dante has gone back to pulling out treats. Gross. Dogs are, I love dogs, but they're so gross. (laughs) Yeah. I could not echo that more. So yeah, I'm going to keep that in. Sorry, patrons. You get to hear about my dog eats cat (laughs) treats. Okay. um, Tell me, Rachel, about Devolution. All right. So... Believe it or not, I've read this twice since. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I I read it by myself and enjoyed it thoroughly to the point where I insisted that my partner also. So we listened oh, to I it on a book on tape it. while we wrote. Oh yes, oh yes. Um, hold on, I need to look up one character's name. No, of I course, can't... the 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 old woman. Yeah, I want to say Marfin, but I know that's actually a disorder. Okay, <laughs> evolution book characters because yes okay so first of all you know like when you watch a movie and you like feel very um superior because you're like i could never end up in a situation like this yes i could never get caught um and then there are other times we watch a movie and you're like oh yeah no this is how i die that this is a hundred percent that for me like you know reading this the whole part at the beginning about this planned community because it takes place in a planned community in the woods in um the pacific northwest um and then there's like a a geologic uh, uh, event that leads some sasquatch to come down the mountain and just absolutely wreck some people um but that planned community is my dream that, it is my dream that, to live yeah. in the woods surrounded by a community of people. Like when I imagine my future, it's like all of us in a planned community like this, that's close enough to the city where I could get away if I need to. And that the groceries and all the technology comes to me. That is my dream scenario. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. And that was like, I think that was a part of it because one of Devin's favorite books ever is World War Z. And so mm-hmm. she had this book on like pre-order. Like she was reading it immediately. And 
Rubles was okay, but it didn't like affect like it affected her. This one it was so rough because one, like you said, it took my quote unquote dream scenario and turned it on its head. Mm-hmm. And then two, it presented Sasquatch, Bigfoot, however you want to what do you want to call it? In such a way <laughs> that I had not seen before. And yes. I loved it. Because I thought I had seen everything that it had to offer, and I did not. Yeah, it makes him genuinely terrifying. Yeah. There's one moment in the book where the guy is asleep, and mm. one of the Bigfoot is, like, working open a, a sliding door. And, and that the girl's in there with scarier. Him, and she, like, she heard it. Yes. That is scarier to me than any, like, I mean, obviously there's more gruesome things where they're fighting and people get head smashed and all that stuff. It's great action beats, but the scariest moment for me are the quiet intelligence moments where you're like, oh, this isn't just an overwarming force, uh, like brute force, but the intelligence is what makes them truly, like, truly terrifying. There's something that happens, like, even before the volcano erupts when she's, like, going for a walk and she says she feels that something is watching her mm-hmm. i have felt that because I, I do go on a lot of like nature hikes and stuff i know that feeling yes. and like yes it, even yeah. it, it's perfect so i'm happy you yeah, liked it i'm happy right. you shared it with, with that part too. when she's walking and she sees what she thinks is a rock and then it moves <sighs> ah it's so good My it's also i cannot find her name but there is an an older grumpy lady in this which is literally my favorite like character type is Mm -hmm. a smart no bullshit old lady like in life and just in any sort of book movie any video game if you give me like a no nonsense intelligent grumpy as fuck old lady i am in heaven and this one she is great because she's not just that you see these moments of vulnerability and like the trauma of her history all of those things she's one of my favorite characters i was introduced to period last year i i loved this book you nailed it you knocked it out of the park i it's a i love world war z i think this is a better book yeah it it was just like it was the yeah, and you're talking about-